Good evening, friends. We're starting on just a tad early this eve because Mrs. L and I will be going to see Bobby Kennedy and Rabbi Shmuley uh, this evening to be a part of this. We're going to be taking notes, kind of getting a feel for what's out there, letting you know tomorrow firsthand what's going on. I so enjoy anybody who causes a stir. I so enjoy anybody who causes a problem, anybody who who makes people think, oh my God, oh my God. There is absolutely, positively a... And by the way, you know, when it comes to, to, to bringing it up to speed, maybe you didn't know this. They were supposed to speak last eve, or tonight, excuse me, this evening, at the... Society uh, for Ethical Culture here in New York City. And uh, for some reason, after they had signed and signed a contract and agreed to do this, somebody from the Ethical Culture Society said, wait a minute, hold it. We made a mistake. Hold it. We can't do this. I'm sorry. We we can't do this. What? We can't do this. This is no, no, no. What? What's wrong with that? No, 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 no. Because of Bobby Kennedy. Now, if you want me to love you, immediately tell me I'm not supposed to follow somebody or like somebody or listen, and I'm in. It's that simple. Tell me that, and I'm in. I'm in 100%. I'm in. 100%. And then it was this stupid, was it stupid? I, I was trying to say schmooly and stupid together. Stupid, anyway. This was the individual where Bobby, the, the the incident where Bobby Kennedy was speaking at, was it Tony Napoli's or something, Upper East Side, he was in the back, and he starts talking this crap. I say, Bobby, don't, don't, don't talk about, it. stop talking about vaccines, please, stop talking about vaccines. We know, we know, we know, move on, little dogie, move on. So anyway, during the course of this, he made some suggestion, as you know by now. That there might be some type of a connection, either because of some type of biomedical marker, some type of genetic predisposition, something, I don't know what, but something that makes or may allow for people to either be more susceptible to certain vaccines or to COVID or whatever. And somebody said, aha, because he mentioned um, Ashkenazis, uh, Jews, and Chinese. So they said, this is, this is, this is anti-Semitic. So Debbie Wasserman Schultz, you know, like the trained poodle with the hair. She wanted to table this and move him out of the way and basically get Bobby, get me, because they are so a scared. So a scared, as we say in Hell's Kitchen, that they had to get this guy off. And they said he was anti-Semitic, which is stupid, but they're desperate. So they get a hold of Rabbi Shmuley, Rabbi Shmuley writes a great piece, I think, in the Times of Israel. He said, look, basically speaking, I don't agree 100% with Bobby. He doesn't like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, he doesn't like, uh, I think, his grandfather. He doesn't like uh, his position on COVID. He's had like four boosters and four, whatever. He doesn't. So Rabbi Shmuley, smart as a whip, he comes in, and we're going to go see him tonight. And there was so much, I don't want to call it anti-Semitism because I don't believe people are actually anti-Jewish. 
but I think there is such a hot button when it comes to anything that is Israel. They call it, they talk about the Israel lobby. Well, you know, the Israel lobby. Everybody's got a lobby. Yeah, but the, you know what I mean. The Israel lobby. And, it, and supposedly, if you show anything but contempt uh, of, of Israel regarding Palestine, you're somehow not cool. If you think you understand that subject enough, if you think listening to Roger Waters is all you need, God bless you. I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. So that is the end of that. Mrs. L did a show today. She does a wonderful show on TNT Radio. And she did a show this afternoon, and it was, it was the best radio I've ever heard. She had on a good friend of mine, an old friend, Larry Elder, and who makes so much sense. And it was so good. And I listened to every second of it, just thinking, that's my girl, that's my girl. But there was one fellow who was on which I liked so much, Kleis Rinn. He's a conservative academic and educator talking about the various iterations of conservatism. And it was so monumentally interesting. So interesting. And I think it's something that everybody should stop and listen to. However, we will never uh, hear that, at least in this country, because people are too busy doing the usual stupid stuff. Basically saying the same uh, lunacy over and over and over again. You know how people are. You know what people do. That's that's just this thing that they do. And I'm trying to tell you right now, and I don't want to be a broken record and say, what's wrong with this country? What's wrong with this country? What's wrong with this country? Because I think we know it at this point. I think we're kind of defeating the, ourselves. I think we're missing we're missing everything if we keep talking about it the same precise way over and over again. But I want you to understand something. And let this be your your guide stone. If you don't vote, then you're just letting other people sort of maybe kind of take care of this for you. That's it. If you don't do it, if for some reason you figure, you know, I really don't, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not really, I, then you can't complain. I'm sorry. That's the way that is. Please stop using the words conservatism, this notion. This doesn't make any sense to anybody anymore. People don't care about what it is that you call that which they believe. I believe in common sense. I believe in common sense and I believe in some things. And if there is something that I want to look at in terms of the issue, I look at the issue and then I say, this is what I think. And if you agree with it, great. And if you say, well, that falls into a particular category, that's up to you. Years ago, since I can remember, I have always been an advocate of gay marriage in the state system, the state sanctioning of gay marriage, same-sex marriage, absolutely, positively, same-sex marriage, same-sex marriage. I can think of no reason, no reason. And during the course of my initial talk radio career, when I started in 1988 professionally, kind of on the air, actually being paid, you know, to do a radio station, people would say, you're a liberal. I said, what do you mean you're a liberal? You're a liberal. 
Marriage is between two men. I said, who are you to say marriage is between two men? You're two men. It's two men. Marriage are between two men. I mean, I'm sorry, a man and a woman. What am I saying? And I said, well, that's... I had somebody one time, a real jadrool, a real idiot, tell me one time that I was openly advocating violence because I would say things like lock and load. This on a on a conservative station because I was an advocate of the Second Amendment. And I used to always say lock and load. Lock and load, lock and load. Lock and load was my thing. And lock and load was kind of like my kawabunga or my whatever it was. It was lock and load, lock and load. And this moron said, I think what you're doing is, I'm thinking, so I'm a conservative, I'm a liberal, I'm this. These, these, these things just made no sense. So I'm telling you right now, please do me a favor, do all of us a favor. Remember one thing. Do not ever worry about what you call your particular ideology. So many people are so upset with it and they spend so much time Hannity years ago used to say, well, you know, I'm a conservative. I'm a conservative. I just used to go nuts with this, with this, sir, with the, 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 don't care. Okay, now a couple of things. Uh, here we go. Here's an exclusive. Tim Ballard is saying thousands of unaccompanied children are disappearing into the U.S. interior. The man who inspired Sound of Freedom throws down on the establishment media. My beloved wife has been talking about this since, uh, and, and I'm not trying to keep up with Tim Ballard or, or compare, but since the beginning of time, and you have no idea how many morons throughout the course of this, people have said, you know, I think maybe we are kind of, uh, whatever. Now, let me explain something to you. This is the hottest thing now. Jason Aldean is a hot deal. This is a hot deal. People have just discovered all of a sudden the rights of children and children who have been basically pulled into uh, this horrible world. Nothing is new. I'm going to change the subject a little bit. A little bit about Jason Aldean, okay? This song is so, eh. It to me is the worst country music ever. It's this kind of a Tim McGraw kind of got the hat. That ain't country music. This is stylistically talking about. It's his business. He can sing whatever he wants to. The whole notion behind this is he's saying, I live in a country music world. I live in a world right now where this particular idea, this this writing wouldn't happen here. Okay, fine. And he takes it. I think he's uh, he's in front of a of a he's in front of a church, and while he's in front of the church, there's a uh, some kind of I don't know what the word is. Some something happened, and you know, I mean, they're just trying desperately because. Okay. Do you remember the uh, Oki from Muskogee fight inside of me? Uh, crippled so me and crippled soldiers stayed. There, there have been people singing about songs. Jo- uh, 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 Charlie Daniels one time said, "That's no rag; it's a flag." He had an album out that was that was so. Monumentally corny, but it was it was good. He believed in it, you know. But you know, uh, stop, uh, stop, direct, okay, stop uh, making fun of my country, whatever it is. Do you understand how old this is? Jason Aldean is not. Say, this is your idea of country music. Seriously, this is it. Country music has always been 
um, a little bit, a little with the advent of people like the Outlaws, who came along right around with Waylon and Willie and Johnny Cash and others. A little bit political, and that's terrific. But they act like this is brand new. It drives me nuts. Jason Aldean is not a big deal. Why are people going so crazy? Because they just woke up. They realize this is the first thing that's ever happened. It's nothing. It's nothing. But because, one of two things, because people are so simplistic and because people love very, very simple, tiny little issues that are very easy to hang on to. Dylan Mulvaney, Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light. They went crazy with it. I thought people are shooting it up. The movie Barbie. Ben Shapiro acting like a damn fool of a Barbie. Nobody gets Barbie. Please read a review today, National Review. Very good about Barbie. Please. Please. I live in a world of simpletons. I live in a world of very unimaginative, low-hanging fruit people who point something out. Hey, look. Uh, somebody bought some of uh, Hunter Biden's uh, paintings and they were un- undisclosed. Okay, okay, we know this stuff. I understand this. And what it is today is you start off with this. Give people an issue that are, that is so simple they can understand it because people are morons. The, the average American and political commentator is so stupid and they are told, keep this as absolutely as simple as possible. And what I'm trying to tell you is my philosophy in yours is very simple. We look at things case by case. We apply our own morality, our own sense of right and wrong. And then if there has a name to it, fine. If there's a name to it, fine. If I don't think kids should be uh, mutilated before puberty, fine. You got a name for that? Good. Knock yourself out. I don't care. Am I conservative? No. That's a no-brainer. That's not even an issue. But it is an issue, I think, kind of, sort of. So that's kind of the way we are. Now, I'm going to say something again about Bobby Kennedy. I have not been... I have not been this excited about a campaign since Trump because Trump was great, not so much because of what Trump... Well, because Trump would say things that were funny and he was mean and it was... I don't know if it works today, but it did then, certainly before 2016. It, it, it was just great watching this, great watching. You, 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 you wanted to see this. I never saw anything like it. It was so much fun. You may not remember this, but years ago, Jimmy Carter kind of added a new, kind of a new frontier to thing as well. They really did. Jimmy Carter did. Jimmy Carter had the Allman Brothers, remember that? Had a lot of people who were... Um, he was really kind of a kind of a, somebody for for young people. You know what I mean? He 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 was really something. You may not remember that. Uh, they even had one time Dan Aykroyd was doing Jimmy Carter. Remember when he did? Regal? Hey man, I took some acid. I look, Jerry. I think you just took some brown acid, and you know he, he, he was cool. Allman Brothers, the Southern Rock, his brother Billy, and then that thing petered up. So it was kind of interesting. Nobody else really did that much for me. Reagan I never appreciated at the time. Then came Trump. But Bobby Kennedy, I love it. That's why we're going to go see him tonight. 
and he's driving people crazy. And I want to get a feel for this. And I want to look around. And I would love very much to say to him, in my idealized perfect world, here is our script. This is the arc. This is the trajectory of your mission. This is what we say. This is what we don't say. Everything you say now, for example, can never be off the cuff. Can never be. It can be said just... And he's going on a lot of shows, which is very interesting. So he's on a lot of uh, hip-hop shows and regular shows. and That's just great. Wonderful. Be very careful that you're doing this. Don't, don't, don't run it too thin. But the one thing that you've got to do, you've got to tell people, I am not on this show as an entertainer. I'm running for the presidency. I want your vote. I don't want your money. I want your vote. Here's how you do this. You must register to vote. If you are a Democrat, that's okay, because assuming I'm on the ballot, assuming whatever it is. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen. You know and I know, and this is important to note, if he absolutely, if he, how do I say this? If he is not allowed, after all of his work, if he is kept off of the ballot or off of consideration by the Biden administration, he will run as a third party. And then it gets absolutely fascinating. It gets beyond, it gets beyond fascinating, beyond anything you can imagine. Then it changes everything. Then they go into complete and total DEFCON 1 panic because that pulls everybody away. And that could be the ticket that changes everything. Remember, the Democrats stole the election legally. They did it legally. But there's a certain level, there's a certain number that they can play with where if it's one thing where you can say 81 million votes, this is Trump, whatever it is. But with Bobby Kennedy, now what Bobby Kennedy also has to do is he's got to go out and tell young people this. They stole Bernie from you. Last time, they stole Bernie from you and gave you Hillary. You didn't want Hillary and Hillary lost. And a lot of young people were very upset by that. I saw it, we saw it. Bobby's got to remind young people, this is what's going to happen now. If you want me for whatever it's worth. He also has to make something. He's got to make it very, very clear. Let me say something. And let me say something carefully. I am not. Repeat. I am not anti-vax. I am not anti-vax. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. I am not anti-vax. I am not anti-vax. There were people who years ago questioned the efficacy and the safety of birth control pills and they did not become anti-contraceptive. You've got to say this 10 million times. Because he's talking about the Johns Hopkins study, he's talking about... Nobody is following this. They get an overall feel for what's going on. Listen to what they're talking... Have you heard him talk about Oppenheimer? Do you think anybody really understands Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer? Do you think anybody understands I don't think so. Do you, do, do you, they were talking half of it about this Hindu sex scene. I don't know. Like, are you kidding me? Is that really worthwhile?
True or false? Do you think Oppenheimer's a hero? True or false? Do you think Oppenheimer's a hero? From what you know. Before seeing the movie. Forget the movie. I Whatever. I might see the movie. It'll be, it'll be on TV before you know it. Same thing with Barbie. I'm surprised it's been... I think they have to be in the theaters for so long in order to qualify for Academy Award status and then they can go on regular streaming because it's really, you know, whatever it was. But do you think Oppenheimer was a hero? Is he heroic in your world? Key says no. No, you don't think he's a hero. Okay. Should he have what? Done nothing and let the... What? Germans have a... David says yes. Bam says no. Oppenheimer is not a hero. Do you think he's a traitor? Do you think he... What do you think he was? Is he a bad guy? Maybe I shouldn't have picked the word hero. Because that word hero we use a lot. It's complicated, isn't it? It doesn't lend itself. They were scared beyond scared. Even Einstein, even Zillard said, Hitler can't get this. If Hitler gets a hold of this, that's it. They didn't know how far away they were. They didn't know how far away Hitler was. They thought Hitler was just around the corner. Well, it didn't happen. They thought that, you know. But that's that's kind of the way that thing works. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? They thought maybe then, well, they didn't know. They thought that maybe, uh, you know, how do we say this? They thought that maybe, maybe Hitler was just uh they didn't know exactly. Now, one of the things which I find so interesting, and a lot of people don't necessarily agree with me about, but but I, I sort of do, is that during the time you can't answer questions like that. You can't say things about who's good, who's right, or who's wrong, or who's a hero, or who's not. Can't You can't do that. You cannot do that. No matter how much you think you can, you can't do that. But under the circumstances, now what happened was, Germany had, just to give you an idea, Germany had surrendered, so that was then left for Japan. Was it necessary? Phil McGrath, everybody. Phil McCracken. Phil McGrath, thank you, Philly. Thank you, my friend. Here's what's interesting to note, and Phil, maybe, by the way, hand crepitations to you. Did they need to do this for the Japanese? Japanese were going to give up. Everybody said it from MacArthur to Eisenhower to Stimson to even Curtis LeMay. They said, no, there's no need to drop it. They're going to give up. Harry Truman said, no, we got to show those Ruskies. We got to show them this. What do you think of that? When uh, Oppenheimer was doing his tour, basically saying, well, I, I am become death. Truman supposedly said, get that crybaby out of here. Truman had no, I don't know if Truman had no depth, but he just, he just, he saw things very, very matter-of-factly. It was a different time then. It was a different, different world. Do you think anybody, do you think Americans can handle the nuance of morality today? Do you think so? He was a killer he was a killer who decided to do something like this. And he did it in a way where he justified in his own mind. He justified in his own mind. He did it. He said, 
this is a good idea. What I'm doing is right uh, because it has to be done. Because if the wrong people fall into this, well, it's going to be a problem. And therefore, and that's the beautiful thing about situational morality. That's the idea. And to the people that were, to the women and children and old people who themselves were involved in this horrible, horrible, terrible uh, uh, conflagration. What do you think about these people? What do you think they think about Oppenheimer? What do you think their take on Oppenheimer is? What? What do you think that is? If you ask me, what do you think about him? Well, do you think the Japanese would say, "Well, you know, we had it coming"? I mean, after all, you know, we did, we did it, we did attack at Pearl Harbor. Do you think that's what they would say? Do you think? Do you, do you think so? Kids with skin liquefy, two of them, two bombs, two from us. Do you think that makes any sense? Are you kidding? Or do you say? At the time, that seemed like the thing to do. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It ended the war and, frankly, put us at the top of the heap and uh, nobody messed with us afterwards. You see, the moral of the story is that things are not as easy as you think they are. Things are not as clear-cut as you think they are. It's not as apodictic. It's not as black and white. It's not as Manichaean. It doesn't work like that. And that's the beautiful point about this. It was a different, it was war to begin with. What kind of war? What kind of, what what kind of weapons? That's the issue. Because that's the thing that we humans do. We come up with good reasons to explain, well, they had it coming. Well, they did it to us. He, they attacked us. What do you want us to do? What do you expect us to do? Of course we did that. Of course. What do you want? What do you think? What are we supposed to do? Of course they You know, that kind of thing. That's precisely what these people are suggesting, in a sense. That is precisely, precisely what they are doing. And the thing about all of this, the thing which is the most important, is that I would love to sit around and I would love to have very smart people. I would love to have like a salon where we would talk and discuss, well, what about this? And what about that? And what if we had not done that? What would the world have looked like if Germany had that bomb? We haven't, nobody's really detonated one since. I mean, there have been testings and the like. Isn't that an incredible thing? What is this notion of morality? How does it even apply? Key in essence, thank you so much. What is this, Key? What does this morality talk mean? What does all this stuff mean? We talk about it all the time. That's not right. That's not American. That's not, that's immoral. That's, what does this mean? What does any of this, honestly, really mean? I have no idea. I have no, we talk such a good game. In any event, now there was another another issue, by the way. Now remember, um, 
just to bring you up to speed, if I did my version of this, uh, Iger is the bane of Hollywood strikes. Netflix lists $900 AI job. Um, Ramaswamy rising, new face of Republicans, threat to Trump, maybe. DeSantis fires staffer who retweeted video with Nazi imagery, lays off a third of a campaign, update Florida's new slavery curriculum, sparks rebuke, one of the dumbest things ever. One of the dumbest... Look at this. Uh, LeBron James's son health drama, cardiac arrest during workout, stable out of ICU... Uh, Musk said, linked to COVID vax, question mark. Bronnie James's cardiac arrest is linked to the COVID-19, according to Elon Musk. Elon Musk has sparked outrage after claiming that the COVID vaccine may have caused Bronnie James's cardiac arrest. Quote, we cannot ascribe everything to the vaccine, but by the same token, we cannot ascribe nothing. Musk wrote, in response to a media report, myocarditis is a known side effect. The only question is whether it is rare or common. Musk's tweet continued. So, again, this is one of those things which is a fascinating, fascinating subject. And, as you know, there are people who live and breathe and absolutely die by this. Here's another one for you. because Elon Musk is a genius. Now, Elon Musk joins the backlash against Barbie's film's portrayal of anti-man feminism, saying, if you take a shot every time Barbie says the word patriarchy, you will pass out before the movie ends. Elon Musk joined the backlash against Barbie in the biggest film of the year. In the biggest film of the year. uh, And has stormed the box office with the record... $155 $155 million debut, but while fans love it, critics have been split. There's been a wave of criticism, particularly from conservative figures, over that. Now, let me explain something. The other day, do you recall, we were having a debate, something similar to this, and I said something, and somebody, one of you fine people said, Oh, Barbie, who cares? This is before it happened. And I knew this was going to spawn and inspire a tremendous backlash. I knew it, a tremendous backlash. And somebody said, of course, who cares? Who cares? Absolutely incredible. Now, is it important? No. In the scheme of things, not really. But it's easy. It's easy to talk about. It's brilliant the way they're kind of um, trying to incorporate and trying to merge together a movie with that of patriarchy, whatever the particular reference is. It will be done before you know it. It's again a little bit of a diversion. It's something because people do not like to spend a lot of time thinking about the story. Thinking about the depth. Thinking about what's happening. Because Now, I'm going to try this one more time. 
And I'm going to say this to you. And I'm going to see if I can get maybe a rise out of you somewhere. A little bit. The number one issue for humanity is artificial general intelligence. And we are going to get that like that. When you have artificial intelligence that has and enjoys human reasoning, all bets are off. There is no going back. It represents the most frightening change of events in the history of human development. Let me just say that to you. Let me remind you of this. Let me just tell you of this. It is the scariest thing that anybody could ever imagine. Because it is, at this point, inconceivable. That is the issue. And there is no other issue but that. Because every single thing. What happens if AGI comes up with its own movie? Its own movie. And it puts it out. And it tells people where to go see it. And it's out. It has, It puts out its own version. Either with AI or AGI created um, characters or the like. It does its own. What if it puts out its own porn? What if it hacks into our nuclear system? What if it does... What if it doesn't like, what if it, for example, on its own decides that it doesn't like CNN and shuts CNN down? What if it shuts down every theater except those showing Sound of Freedom? It can do whatever you want to do times a million. It can do anything at once. It can inspire people. It can, it can, it can pay people to kidnap, to kill, to harm. It, it can get people to do things by having money put into their account. It can do anything you want. There's no, and the alignment aspect of it has never been even remotely discussed. It is the most important issue there is. I am telling you, believe me when I tell you this, it is the most important issue. Bar none. And nobody, but nobody. And it's coming. And when it happens, when it hits, it will be faster than anything you imagine. And there's no pumping the brakes and nobody's doing anything. It does not matter. So my friends, I thank you. You were so kind to our two, to our two great benefactors tonight. Key in essence, thank you so, so much. And also Phil McGrath, thank you for your kindness. Now we are going to see Bobby Kennedy... And Rabbi Shmuley. Isn't that a good name? Shmuley. It's fun to say. And we will be doing that. Let me also tell you, as I normally do, that it is critical for you, critical for you to visit and to see um, Mrs. L's... Oops, that's not it. To see Mrs. L's YouTube channel. It is so good and so smart and so intelligent and so brilliant and so so worth your while. Let me provide you with this link. This link is so good, all you do is you click it and it immediately makes you, you are there. You don't have to hit anything. It puts you right into that subscription mode. And there it is, all right? That's it right there. 
Let me also tell you that our dear friends at MyPillow.com, you know, I love those guys. Remember what they did to Lindell? You remember that? But aside from that, I'm not asking you to, to support them because of what they did to him. Look at the deals. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code Lionel. Look at this. Use promo code Lionel. Look at this. Look at everything that is there. The number is 40%, 50%, 80% off. Save up to 80%. These, I don't know how long this is going to be at these prices, so enjoy them now while you can. MyPillow.com, promo code Lionel. MyPillow.com, promo code dot Lionel. You are so wonderful. Tomorrow we'll be back at 8 a.m. We'll be reporting to you. We'll give you an idea of who's there. We're going to be, it's going to be exciting. Uh, we don't go out. I don't go out. I don't go anywhere. I don't really want to go. I maybe see a movie now and then. But Mrs. and I are going to go perambulate down the boulevard to see our friends. We will be reporting. We'll take some pictures every now and then to give you an idea of what's going on. And we thank you again for your kindness, for your support, for your love. And we want to inspire a revolution of hope and a new way of looking at everything. All right, dear friends, until tomorrow, see you then, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Same bad time, same bad channel. And as always, we always end with this, this valedictory. The monkey's dead. The show's over. Sue you. Ta-ta.